Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Finding Arizona podcast, episode number 207. I am your host, Jose, and I have my very special and lovely guest, my co-host, Brittany Johnson. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, listeners. <laughs> Look at her being all professional. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, this is our pre-recorded intro just because we have a big announcement. We are getting married this weekend. Yes, we pre-recorded all of this just so that we could, you know, share some love and share our acknowledgement that we are doing this early and that we are, you know, dedicating time to our wedding. Right, Brittany? It's all about that balance, work, life, love, play. So we want to make sure that we're coming through for you listeners, providing you with a quality that you guys deserve amazing guest as always the consistency and of course taking some time off for us to finish the wedding <laughs> and actually get married and i cannot wait for that day to come me either so we are happy to introduce to you guys dr megan rigby who is also known as the macro mini she is a doctorate prepared gi nurse practitioner she is very much certified. She is all the things, and we got to know her story. And she brought in her hubby, too, as well. And it was fun getting to know her story and just kind of now she's transitioning from um, a professional figure model to an actual first-time mom. So that was beautiful. What, what about her inspired you, Brittany? Her episode was so amazing to hear because she's very raw about her journey getting into the health and fitness industry the mental awareness and the mental health that comes with it. And I love that she was open to share her journey about IVF and the beautiful family that her and her husband are soon to be raising. Yes, and we wish them all the best of luck. On top of which, that was incredible. Yeah, I do remember talking about the I IVF and um, it was so incredible just to understand what it takes and just their journey there. And we hope that you guys pay more attention to them. Of course, we link everything to them under the bio below. So go check that out as well. Um, so that transitions us to our business side. You can hear every episode of Finding Arizona Podcast at our website, FindingArizonaPodcast.com. There you will find two things. The first thing being the newsletter that Brittany puts together. Right, Brittany? It's amazing. If you guys haven't signed up, all you have to do is just go on FindingArizonaPodcast.com. The first annoying pop-up that shows you is sign up for the newsletter. It's annoying because it's worth it. So just type in your email address and you're going to get access to episodes past, previous, and future. You're going to get all the info about events in the neighborhood. And then you also get some sneak peeks on some of our favorite fun fan festivities on top of that we also do a blog that gets into a little bit more of our personal side yes Brittany has been documenting her journey and our journey to where we have come today uh, the wedding the construction that has been going on we have worked very hard meticulous hours blood sweat tears everything goes into this uh, whole event that we have basically put out there for you guys to consume as content. And was it fun for you to do that? I know that there, yesterday was particularly difficult to uh, to do the blog. Yes, so any bloggers out there, you'll probably relate, or just anybody who's ever done any projects on a computer, you do the work, and then all of a sudden it gets erased. So last night's blog was a little bit finicky with me, but it was close to home because it was the final timeline of our wedding, what we actually were able to complete, 
um, some of our headaches, um, some, some of our heartbreaks, but also some of the things that made us smile and made us closer as a couple. The last five months of really planning this wedding, making this backyard beautiful. So go check that one out. It's a tearjerker. Um, and I'm excited to just continue the journey, of course, wrapping up everything we learned about this, um, everything that we, we would do differently, the same. Of course, we have so many amazing vendors that we still wanna highlight from it. And then of course, um, just kind of our journey after our amazing honeymoon that we're gonna be going on and uh, still making this beautiful house our home. Yes, and we hope that you guys continue to uh, catch all of those blog postings. Next up, we have our way of you guys contributing to us and help supporting us monthly. That is our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Finding Arizona Podcast. There you'll find extra bonus content to become a super fan. And they ha- uh, there we also have our fine examination. It is our bonus content podcast where we ask 50 questions rapid fire of every guest and they always have a good time with it, don't you think, Britt? It is amazing. And can I just say one more thing since I have the mic and and it's an honor to have it. Speaking of our guests, um, another way you guys can support us, I don't know if this will be going and airing during the actual competition, but we were recently nominated for Arizona Foothills Best of Our Valley podcast. And that just shows a tremendous, tremendous effort from our guests' behalf because that's who we highlight every single week. That's who you guys listen to. Although we love Jose and we love his voice, at the end of the day, it's the guests, it's their stories that makes this podcast amazing. So to be nominated for that, that's a huge support on your guys' behalf. So thank you. And if the if the voting is still going on, please support us in that sense you know if you can't take out your pocketbook we completely understand you support your friends in so many other ways by sharing their stories by tagging them on social medias by hitting the vote button on simple things like this in the community to just get our word out there so we want to just say thank you thank you thank you 100 percent, and uh that will lead us right into our community court board or actually there won't be a community court board actually i decided that today we will celebrate each other so what I would like to do is uh, we did this in the last intro. I, I stated what um, how special this day is for me and how much I love you and how much I care about what we've been through and what you've contributed to not only my life, but also to the podcast. Um, so I'm going to let this last bit be your um you know your portion because at that last episode intro I did my portion so this one will be yours well thank you Jose as I begin to cry to prepare these words this is a practice so that I can get these tears out later but I just want to say thank you for teaching me something every single day in life and in love and you make me a better person in everything that I do and that's all I can ask for. And I just cannot wait to see what happens tomorrow and next month and next year and the next 10 years because you get even more amazing and we get even more stronger and and so does this podcast. So thank you so much for everyone listening and I'm sorry for crying, but I love you guys and I love you even more, Jose. 
Okay, that was, oh man. Okay, I am going to blow right through this and say thank you again to everyone listening and I appreciate everyone who has contributed. And this is episode number 207. I love you very much, Brittany. Um, Thank you again to Dr. Megan Rigby. You are our guest. Let's go into this episode with Macro Mimi. Are you tired of baby snot suckers that don't work? Boogie Bulb is a medical grade, cleanable, and reusable snot sucker that's designed to get the snot right out. Boogie Bulb offers superior suction and opens at the center for easy cleaning and disinfection. Boogie Bulb products are also BPA and latex free. We guarantee our products, so give us a try at boogiebulb.com. What is it you do, and why do you do it? Here at Finding Arizona Podcast, we love to showcase that, and so do our friends at Every Impression Counts. They offer free strategy consultations so you can envision the possibilities for your business or idea, such as websites, social media management, paid advertising like the top of Google along with advertising on Facebook, Instagram, Snap, video production, photography, podcasting, SEO, blogging, analytics, and so much more. In today's world, it's never been so cost-effective to produce and distribute content with the tools that you have at your disposal. If you've ever thought, what if, just have a combo with my friends at Every Impression Counts. You can find them at eic.agency or check out what they're up to by following them on Instagram and Facebook at Every Impression Counts and tell them Finding Arizona Podcast sent you. Yeah, exactly. Pick me up. Uh, Let's get started. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Finding Arizona podcast. I'm your host, Jose. Like always, we bring in someone very special every week, and today is no different. I have something right here that is going to help me intro this fine young doctor. (laughs) She is a wife, a doctor. She's also an IFBB pro figure model and a blogger, all sorts of everything. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Dr. Megan Rigby, a.k.a. Macro Mini. Hello. Thank you for having me. I did that just because I knew that there was a lot of hats that you put on and I wanted to make sure I got everything. I appreciate that. Please, well, I mean, welcome. Thank you again for coming in. Um, So we always ask this question of everyone. Can you give us a little bit of origin story of how you got started? I know that it's been a a whirlwind adventure going from doctoral student to, you know, figure model, like doing the competition Mm -hmm. life. Yeah. So I got into fitness when I was in grad school, primarily Mm -hmm. because I was staying up late and I was doing what a lot of grad students do. I was, you know, drinking energy drinks and eating Cheetos. (laughs) But I was always... Breakfast of champions. Yes, exactly. (laughs) But I was always so low on energy and I just never felt great that I was like, I have to do something. So I went back to the gym, changed the way I was eating. And I noticed I just had this nice increase of energy and felt like I was doing better. Um, While I was in the gym, I got approached to do a figure competition. And I'm one who's always up for challenges. So I decided to try it out and just see how it would go. And it kept me on a good schedule while I was in school because I needed to go to the gym. I needed to eat a certain way in order to get up on stage. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't going to 
half-ass it. <laughs> so I did it and I actually did really well my first show and kind of nice. got bit by the competition bug. And then from there, I competed for probably about five years. Um, I did a couple kind of local shows, went on to nationals, did a couple national shows nice. and won my pro card. Absolutely. And so while I was doing it though, I started to get deeper and deeper into it because I ended up graduating school and then getting my pro card. Mm -hmm. And I just started noticing that some of the eating habits weren't super healthy. It was so restrictive. Mm -hmm. And then I was finding myself developing a bad relationship with food and also myself. And that's where my husband stepped in and was like, you, you're beautiful. Like you don't need to be nitpicking your body, but yeah. when you compete, that's what you do. You stand on stage and have to look a certain way. Mm -hmm. So you're in the environment of yeah. kind of, um, grading. And, and mm -hmm. when you're in that environment of constantly grading, it, yes. it does something to the mind. It does. It doesn't, I don't, I don't care how strong you are mentally with it. You, you get sucked in in mm -hmm. a way. So luckily I was able to pull myself out of it before I spiraled into mm -hmm. any eating disorders or anything like that. Yeah. And it took a couple years before I was really able to find a happier balance with my body and food. Yeah. Just because I was so used to that strictness. But plus, sure it also, I mean, when you go so far down the rabbit hole, yes. you gotta, you, gotta you know, climb back out. Climb back out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So I ended up taking probably about two years just to kind of rebalance myself and my hormones. Yeah. And in that journey, I was able to start helping other women who have been there before, whether they Got competed it. or maybe they suffered with disordered eating. And so I kind of found my other journey. Granted, I was working in the hospital as a nurse practitioner, but then on the side with social media, I started building a new community yeah. that I was able to help women with all of that. Okay, we're going to pause right there because there's so much <laughs> to take in. Um, you know, one of the first things that pops into my brain is I, I was a graduate student as well mm -hmm. at ASU and kind of that... Go Devils. Yeah, go Devils. <laughs> that eating habit, you know, that intake... And there's also kind of, um, you know, we're, we're kind of fallible in the sense that we're in our 20s and that we yeah. kind of think that we can eat anything. Exactly. <laughs> and so, yeah, definitely. Was it hard to, um, you know, kind of how how hard and or how easy was it to kind of make that switch for you? Because I know it was harder for me, especially like mm -hmm. years and years of not only that, but like in where I grew up. There's not a lot of places to turn to for alternatives mm -hmm. where you live in a food desert, as they call it. Yeah. And there's not a lot of alternatives to healthy eating. Mm -hmm. The switch was pretty easy for me because once I set my mind to doing something, mm -hmm. I was I was going to do it. Yeah. Um, so once I decided that I was going to cut out a lot of the junk food and just the kind of mindless eating. Yeah. I put myself on a schedule and okay. regimented and I was able to get into that flow. Got it. Granted, the further and further I got into it, it got harder because the more you restrict food, the more you want things that mm -hmm. you crave. Yeah. And so that's where the kind of struggle with the disordered eating came into play is I wanted all these bad foods, but I started deeming them as bad. Yeah. And that plays with your head too. So yeah. it wasn't a good balance while I was competing. And that's what I ended up realizing eventually and yeah. you know, really transitioning out of it. Were you having a lot of conversation with other competitors, like other female competitors, and kind of seeing their interpretations on how they accept food and intake food? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was. And if you watch the competing world at all mm -hmm. on social media. I do a little bit. Honestly, because um, I'm a fan of um, Christian um, from Alphalete. Uh, yeah. He does yeah. some, but he also has his own company and things mm -hmm. like that. So he's a YouTuber, and yeah. I, I really enjoy kind of that. 
I do enjoy the fact that they have fun and work mm-hmm. out and they can create these, you know, video yeah. montages and it's a healthy living. Like people look great and they, yeah. you know, you aspire to look somewhat mm-hmm. like that. But again, I know, you know, after learning kind of the insider, like diving deep, you yeah. dive deep and you look at what people do. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, you know, one of those things It's like, there's that aspect. Yeah, I want to look like that. But then when you get a little bit older, you're like this. There's At so many. Cost? Yeah. What costs? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And that's really what it was. Having a six pack as a female is hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that you really have to be strict with. But you can still be fit and healthy and have a glass of wine or go out to yeah. eat and and have a good balance in relationship with food. And I ended up discovering that after I moved <laughs> away from competing. But yeah. it is an unhealthy habit because you'll notice competitors, they diet down for stage and then after that they mm-hmm. binge for a couple days yeah. and so it's See, just not a good relationship and i've started to realize the same thing with ufc fighters where you know these they cut for yeah they yeah. cut and then on top of that i mean i didn't realize this until i started reading more about cutting to the level of dehydration mm-hmm. and when you take the you take that level of dehydrating your body your mm-hmm. brain loses that that yeah. kind of um layer of water that's in your brain mm-hmm. that when you get punched if you don't have that layer your brain is like smacking to your skull I and membrane you don't have and, and yeah, yeah you don't have that yeah. yeah so you have that it's just so many lo- levels mm-hmm. to how our body operates yes. and where we take away certain things like mm-hmm. nu- like certain nutrients water things like that that really affect us in mm-hmm. very specific yeah. ways Extreme sports like that, they're great. It does teach you discipline. Um, And so I learned a lot about myself during that. But at the same time, it wasn't how I wanted to live my life. Mm -hmm. And so now it's, like I said, it's opened up a whole new platform for me to really talk about how to get over dieting, how to stop Mm -hmm. the yo-yoing and fads and really start embracing like a balanced way of living. And you can still be healthy. Absolutely. I want to ask your husband here for a second because he's, <laughs> he was, I mean, he's a crucial part in this story. And, is, you know, I want to ask you where in that timeline, you know, remembering back. Yeah. If you want to jump on in, go ahead. Um, you can also, I mean, we can catch sound, so I'll be able to edit it <laughs> later down the road. But where in that timeline, where, where was that aha moment for you to kind of step in and, and be the voice of reason and kind of talk to her and sit down with her? And how hard was it for you to have that conversation with her? I think it was, it's a pretty difficult thing to bring up because you see someone that you love and care about continually almost beating themselves up a little bit yeah. over trying to achieve this peak level. And you understand it because you, you see that they've set a goal and they want to achieve it. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I'm kind of into that fitness world and yeah. I, I really enjoy it, but I think um, it starts to it starts to really start to weigh on you when you see someone continuously um, looking at themselves in the mirror and mm-hmm. not liking what they're seeing or not feeling that they're good enough. Um, you know, especially when you get the feedback on stage or you don't win, it's mm-hmm. okay. Not, I, I must not be good enough, or I didn't do it good enough. I have to be, I have to go to another level. Yeah. And so you start to say, okay, where's the end to this? And it's and you're you know a lot of times you look at these fitness competitions and you look at all these people on stage who have really sacrificed a lot and sometimes you just can't tell who's Who's supposed to be? Yeah, they all look so great. Yeah. So when you see that, it's like, gosh, what are we really trying to achieve here? Yeah. And this whole goal, when it first started, was just getting healthy, and then mm-hmm. it kind of, you know, then it was a competition, and that was fun. That was a challenge, mm-hmm. and you know, I'm one for challenges and competitions. But eventually, it started to get to the point where it was just like, okay, this is getting, this is getting too much. And mm-hmm. I, she realized it too at times. But it's yeah. you. She's very driven. When you set your mind, <laughs> when you set your mind to something, yeah. she's not going to be swayed to 
to, to easily, you know, take it, mm-hmm. take it out, take the easy way out. And, uh, so yeah, I think, I think eventually when she started doing some of the pro shows, I, that alarm bell started to come to her too. Like, gosh, what, what is it? What's the end goal of all of this? Like, yeah. I set out to compete and have fun with it. And I did that. Mm-hmm. And I set out, you know, I set out mm-hmm. to go win a pro card and I did that. So I've already reached a pretty high level. And what's the next one? And I think after one or two of the pro shows, it was like, okay, this is, it's yeah. time to kind of hang yeah. up and move on to the next stage. Mm-hmm. There wasn't, there was there like uh, an, like there wasn't really an alternative next, like looking for it. Like, you're, look, I got this and I don't really need that much more. So once you get to the pro level, I mean, you're at the pro level. So yeah. no matter your height, you're in the same class mm-hmm. with everyone else. Yeah. And I mean, I'm five foot, hence macro mini. <laughs> it's hard to compete with girls who are five, six, five, seven. Yeah. Muscle looks completely different. Huh. And so I was at a point where I'm not making money at these shows because yeah. I wasn't qualifying in the you know top three. Got it. And so I was spending more money. I wasn't making anything. Yeah. And at that point, I was a nurse practitioner. I had a great job. Um, and so it was like, what am I doing here? I'm mm-hmm. torturing myself on one end. This isn't fun for me anymore. Yeah. And so it was, it was time to step away, but okay. I had to make that decision on my own. Yeah. Granted... You know, my husband always supported me. But he, I, I just he really, hurting. because it is essentially what it comes down to is a lot of these entrepreneurs and people who come in who have different backgrounds, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you push back and you go back towards the center of mm-hmm. the route and you kind of move past all the other stuff. It, it's I, I think a lot of the times it's support. It's that family mm-hmm. support. Sometimes yeah. we make decisions based on those things. And I, I've always found it very interesting to kind of see not only where you come from, but where the people around you come from, because yeah. the, those are the things that affect you most is the people that you love and care about. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, I wanted to kind of jump in really quick. You know, what was um, what was it like having her kind of transition away from that world and you still kind of being in it or still kind of being interested in it? How do you guys find the balance like where's the balance for you guys when you get home through the door you shut it off or um i mean we both we go to the gym together so we always go and work out together um i think fitness is always going to be a big part of our life but for us now and we'll probably get into it later but we've both transitioned over into the macro mini business Mm -hmm. so we actually work together awesome um which has been really cool but we're both supportive in what one another wants to do yeah and we know that the healthy lifestyle is always going to be there it's just not to the extremes okay awesome so okay now let's jump back into your you know your business and how you've kind of come to make it fruition Mm -hmm. and where was that for you when you transitioned out where was that first moment of like okay i'm doing this now Mm -hmm. um i think it was just getting asked more and more questions on social media and you know asking for help and being in the medical field i you know definitely have a deeper level of kind of how the body works and operates and Mm -hmm. then you know i had so much knowledge from when i competed um that i started just helping people on the side even family and friends would come to me and just just ask for help nice um but with social media i just eventually started taking on kind of more and more people and yeah it evolved into a business which i never thought i would be an entrepreneur mm-hmm. um, i never thought i would leave my clinic job but it grew into something that i was really passionate about and i yeah. love doing and helping other people in that aspect so it was just kind of where my journey took me yeah you know, there's a, a thing that I was just watching, too, not, um, about a doctor who does YouTube channel. Like, mm-hmm. um, I don't know if you know him, Dr. Dave. He's basically kind of reviews other mm-hmm. doctor shows and kind of like 
explains yeah. in depth where it went wrong, where it's mm-hmm. telling the truth. Yes. <laughs> and so, um, you know, there's not a lot of professionals in the medical world kind of giving the positive spin or the kind of deep dive understanding of what we where we are in the medical field and what mm-hmm. we understand right now. Is there a particular reason why you feel like that hasn't been for wish like more fruition like more people doing it mm-hmm. and also how do you kind of balance the level of professionalism when especially yeah. when people look to you as a doctor? So, I mean, the good thing about social media is I think more and more medical professionals are starting to start their own channels or pages, which is really cool. A lot of them are younger, too. I mean, it's the younger generation, yeah, yeah, who's doing it. Um, It's just before it was kind of frowned upon. Like, you would Mm -hmm. go into work and, you know, do your job. Do your job, yeah. But, I mean, we're in a generation of people who question, you know, Mm -hmm. everything. So, providers are able to now come out and talk about you know the reality of whatever they're doing their specialty and i think it's important we need it there's also a lot of misinformation out there yes but it is it's the younger generation who are medical professionals who are coming out on the social platforms which i love um how do you feel about that community and how do you kind of participate in that world i love it i mean i pick and choose obviously who i follow because we all practice different we all have different opinions but for the most part, we're all super supportive of one another. You know, we try to share the knowledge. Um, and I will redirect someone who comes to me for something that's out of my realm mm-hmm. over to a professional that I know who can better help them. So yeah. I think it's a pretty good community. It's starting to grow more and more. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of fear mongering that goes on on social media. Yeah. Um, a lot of blogging and stuff that is not scientific based. Yeah. So that's where I think a lot of the medical professionals are coming out and speaking on that and trying to clear a lot of the misinformation. Yeah. And I mean, one of the other things that you do really well is <laughs> I've been I was looking at your your feed and looking at your Instagram and just kind of like you're very open about your thoughts. Those little like where people mm-hmm. kind of have little sayings and things like that. You're very open and honest about some of the the words in your in your head mm-hmm. and that thought process. I try to be. I mean, I might have a medical background. Um, but, but you still have, like, you're I'm a human. Human, yeah. human. Yeah. Exactly. So I really try to be just open and honest and down to earth with everyone. Yeah. Um, and it's fun to connect with the community and be able to have relationships and interactions with a lot of the other women. And now I'm starting to talk to more moms being pregnant, which mm-hmm. has been really cool. So... Like I said, I'm just I'm like everybody else, and I just try to you know share as much information as, yeah, as I can. Absolutely. So you did mention that you are now transitioning, and we should be <laughs> forefront about this. She is in her third trimester. I am Thirty weeks. Thirty weeks strong. <laughs> yes. uh, what's it been like? What's what's your feeling towards you know pregnancy? It's been good. I've been really open about our journey throughout the whole process. Um, so how do you how do you <laughs> feel about that? I mean, sometimes you know, openness can be one way, and then there's just like, "Hun, I'm not going to have a camera in the in the in the delivery room." <laughs> sure, I tend to be a little bit more introvert in mm-hmm. that respect. I don't yeah. spend a lot of time, um, you know, jumping into her social media. So it was a discussion to you know, hey, how much are we going to share with people? Yeah. Um, but you know, we've already put some of our life out there with what she does. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think people need that if they're going to trust her, um, you know, really kind of buy into someone's community, they kind of have to get a little piece of you. Yeah. So I think Mm -hmm. we, she's done that with obviously with her health and nutrition, um, and and her journey through competing and running a business and all that. So I thought it was, 
it was it made sense to obviously kind of share this little part of our life too because it's a major part and yeah it, it, it impacts all those things that we do on a daily basis from our business to her health and nutrition and mm -hmm. how she's going to do things so we we talked about it and we wanted you know we, we want to make sure we're on the same page yeah. but i supported her and I think it was good too because the more we got into the IVF journey and learning about it, because I had never really thought too much about it. We had been obviously trying for a couple of years and uh, without success, so we knew it was probably time, to, you know, to give it a try. Yeah. Um, and just learning how many people actually had went through very similar mm -hmm. situation that mm -hmm. I had no idea because sometimes people just don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Or they feel you know. It's hard. So it, it really kind of opened my eyes, and I, I thought the way she presented it too was it's it's a good thing, and it you know, yeah. hopefully takes maybe some stigma away or take people mm -hmm. to, that maybe feel a little off about it um, and make them not you know make them a little more comfortable with yeah. it, what yeah. they're going through, and and so it's it's been really cool to see because yeah. I've even gotten messages um, from people and stuff just kind of saying. Hey, we've following it and you know, congrats great yeah. it's been it's been a really cool thing to see the kind of people kind mm -hmm. of get behind you and give you support you yeah. know what the other thing too is is you, you you bring a very interesting dynamic because you were very much like us i'm the extrovert and then she's the introvert and i'm kind of curious from your end as someone who's more introverted in the social media life where do you look at it as more of a pragmatic thing where Again, she has a business and that, or do you look at, you know, where, how do you feel about social media, especially being so closely tied to the business? Gosh. Um, and just yeah, like, because sure. it, I only sure. ask because you're introverted and yeah, like, yeah, I've, yeah, I've noticed a lot of extroverts as entrepreneurs, but I want to know, I've, I've had a few couple of introverts. Mm -hmm. I just haven't met like yeah. an introvert like him where it's like, especially a male introvert yeah. where it's like. I don't want social media, <laughs> or like I'm not fan. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, without getting in too deep a dive on the, the, the all of social media, and <laughs> uh, you know, society and everything. Um, yeah, it, it's it's one of those things that can be a challenge for me. Mm -hmm. um, you know, just to kind of put yourself out there. Yeah. But I think in, I think with how long she's been doing it now, I've gotten more comfortable with, you know, and the way, she, the way we talk about it, we try not to show every little piece of our life. Yeah. We try to keep some things. It's reps, yeah. you know, you just, yeah, yeah, yeah certain so, things. You know, it's, it's been, it's been a, it's a journey. Sometimes it's like, gosh, why, you know, why would yeah. we share this or, you know, but no one's going to, no one's going to think anything yeah, about it. Like, like that's how I feel it, how, like some tough. of the times. It's like, tough. It's tough because I feel like so much of social media and, it's not necessarily to say it's a bad thing, but so much of it is self-promotion, mm -hmm. um, especially with a business, and and that's a that's a feather in the cap to some people. Obviously, yeah. you know, I mean, some of the big brands, I mean, they're maybe better at self-promotion than they even mm -hmm. are at what they do, but they really know how to tap into that. Yeah. So I can respect that ability exactly. of theirs to be able to kind of put the stuff out there and and let things grow from it. Um, and so I think that's probably some of the harder stuff for yeah. for even both of us because we tend to be. You know, I mean, granted, she's the one doing it. She, you know, it's hard to call her an introvert with everything she does. Um, <laughs> but I think there's a lot of us too that we don't. We're just we're not great self promoters. Mm -hmm. You know, so I think she does amazing things for our business, and we get clients up and down. You know how you should. Yeah. You know, you should be a lot bigger than you are for yeah. everything you've done for it. You know, for people. Um, but I think sometimes it's hard for us because we don't necessarily are the mm -hmm. best about patting ourselves on the back. Yeah. Right? I think yeah. she, even though she. Is on there a lot, you know, and, and has her business. It's hard for her to kind of do that sometimes yeah. too. Yeah. 
You know what? And in all honesty, too, this kind of ha- like this is partially the reason why I started this is mm-hmm. um, when I first started, I noticed that, you know, when I was interviewing a lot of people that they were hard on themselves and they yeah. felt like, you know, certain things, self-promotion. This was early on in social media. Yeah. It was like I started this four years ago. So it's like, you know, Instagram was still getting up mm-hmm. and running. And, you know, that self-promotion is hard sometimes, you know, especially internally, um, you know, if you're not a creative very much and yeah. you know physical action you can't really get ideas down to paper all in all to say that i started this because i wanted a community of positive entrepreneurs mm-hmm. here and i wanted people to realize that like you have something cool you have something you know worthwhile you have to feel good about yourself because if you don't feel good about yourself no one's going to feel good about your product no one's going to yeah. feel good about wanting to buy something from you and so for me I'm the same way. I'm like, no, one's, no one cares about me. Like, no one wants to hear what I have. To. So a lot of the times I look at this podcast as I'm celebrating everyone else. Like, mm-hmm. you are a cheerleader for your clients. I'm a cheerleader for every entrepreneur yeah. here in the Valley. So I'm always telling people, I'm an open door. If you want to come in and you want to sit down for an hour and talk, let's do it. Yeah. Because that's, that. I mean, really, like, it's, to me, it's fair. Mm-hmm. Everyone else gets that opportunity big businesses mm-hmm. corporate businesses yeah it's only fair that the little businesses have a <laughs> chance or an opportunity mm-hmm. to speak their voice so yeah. you know that to me at the end of the day if i'm learning something too from someone else mm-hmm. i'm gucci i'm golden like i, <laughs> I love this this is i've always told everyone it's like they're gonna have to physically take this away from me to like <laughs> stop me from podcasting so um one of the other things that he mentioned that we didn't get a chance to talk to you about was the ivf and kind of your journey through it and where you like how hard was it or how you know what kind of questions where was your mindset Mm -hmm. after you know accepting the fact that i have to go to this doctor's appointment so when we found out i found out first that you know this is kind of our diagnosis and we waited about a year and still tried um, yeah. based on the doctor's recommendations. But being the medical professional, this is where I can kind of shut off my emotions and mm-hmm. just be like, all right, this is going to be our path. Like, I'm just going to walk through the steps. And so I was pretty good with it. I knew what was going to happen. I knew, you know, everything that went with mm-hmm. it. But, I mean, obviously the emotional side comes into yeah. it. We've been married 10 years and the questions. Congratulations, first you. off. Thank you. Thank you. We got a lot of questions though of when are you guys having kids? And it was the hardest question to get because I didn't want to just divulge all of our information to everyone. It's also a precursor for like a longer conversation that maybe you don't even want to have. It is. So it was almost like, well, we're trying. Um, (laughs) But once we got the diagnosis and this was kind of our path, I was able to put that medical cap on and Mm -hmm. move through the steps. And Ryan was so supportive every step of the way, um, you know, all the shots and everything mm-hmm. that you have to do. Yep. I don't think it hit me until after our transfer, which is when they actually transfer the embryo into yeah. the uterus. Wow. And there was nothing else I could do. Like all of the steps, all of the procedures were yeah. done. It's and all so over. That's yeah. when I think everything rushed over me. And that was the hardest. I had to wait 10 days to mm-hmm. find out if we were pregnant. And that's when I just like broke down crying because I think I just held it together. And then mm-hmm. finally I was like, oh my You have gosh. this period of like waiting. Literally, yeah, like, literally there's nothing else. There's you're just waiting. Yeah. And for you, Ryan, you know, emotionally, you know, you there's a duality to being a man. You have to be the strong, 
physical, you know, emotionally strong type. And then you also need to be your partner's, you know, basically emotional connection to the world and everything that goes into it. You know, I have a real appreciation when it comes to people who open up, especially about this particular situation is because it isn't easy. You know, there's not anything in the world that can help you prepare for this kind of moment, especially talking about it. You know, you can be as manly as a person you can be and and it's still the hardest thing to like talk about. And for you, I want to know what your conversation was like to your to your dad, to your parents and kind of like, was there a difficulty discussing that to them? Was there because I think the biggest part of the kind of male dynamic is with their father. Um, what was, what was that moment for you? Gosh, you know, as far as speaking with my father or my parents, I don't remember there being any particularly tough conversation. I think that they were, they were to the point where they were wanting grandbabies, obviously, you know, we've been together 10 years and we we had planned on waiting for, we got to a point when we were together that we, you know, we we were working on our careers and such. So we knew we were going to be having children in a later you know, later time in our lives. Yeah. Um, we just didn't expect it to be this long. And I think that's where everyone kind of was in the same boat. They're like, you know, when was this going to happen? Yeah. I, I don't really recall any particular tough conversations with them. Um, you know, they were always very supportive. Mm-hmm. I think they were a little confused on it, you know, because mm-hmm. they all just figured it was just going to happen. Yeah. Know? I mean, and a lot of times, sometimes we get... It's the quote-unquote normal, like, yeah, process. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, you're checking that next box. And mm-hmm. we've always both been healthy, uh, you yeah. know, so I think... To sometimes, them and their minds, it's yeah, like what? Sometimes people why look at the exteriors and that, and then you, oh, they expect you everything's going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And um, and so, I don't really recall anything in particular with having a tough conversation with them. They were both very supportive. Mm-hmm. I think for us, it was just, it was she's a rock. I, you know, I really can't take that away from her. So you were saying things about you know the man being the tough one. She tends to be even tougher than me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Especially when you're the one going through it. Yeah, yeah. yeah people that know us, they, they say the same thing. Um, you know, I can be grumpy guy or play up, you know, act like I'm the tough one, but mm-hmm. they all kind of know she's the tough one. So mm-hmm. I think it was, it was more her being the rock through all of it, to be quite honest, because I was a little more shocked that we were going through this where she said, once she found out or realized it, she put on the medical cap. And she had to and, do it. And she kind of was just, you know, she was almost sterile about it, you mm-hmm. know, which is, is a good thing to an extent. It's like, okay, this is where we're at. This is the diagnosis, and this is how this is how we yeah. go forward. And it didn't become like this big emotional breakdown when we realized it. She just kind of ran with it. And, yeah. I, you know, I gravitated towards that, and she, her strength in it, because she's mm-hmm. the one that was really putting in the, the heavy lifting with it. So yeah. um, her strength through it made it – I. I significantly easier i think for me to deal with to be honest i can't take a whole lot of credit i mean i was there for her giving her shots and, and yeah. through all you know every doctor's appointment and, and all that but really it was she was just a she was a rock through the whole thing yeah are you um can you give us a little insight on like why you think that might be the why the clinicalness is necessary kind of for this pres- yeah. like kind of you know i i, I can kind of interpret and see the the points. I mean, it's yeah. life, birth, mm-hmm. things like this. You yeah. need to kind of shut down and, and be more clinical, just mm-hmm. do the steps. Yeah. Um, background on me, I worked in the um, pediatric intensive care unit and the mm. cardiovascular intensive care unit Got for it. kids as a nurse. That's like where my whole background was. And so when you're there, 
you shut off emotions. I mean, mm-hmm. you're there to take care of the child and the family mm-hmm. and you don't let your emotions get mixed in. You wait until, you know, the doors close behind you and you go home. Yeah. And so that's kind of how I've always been taught from the very beginning is it's medical first, emotions, you know, next. Second, yeah. Um, so that's just how I treated this is it was just all about the medical aspect mm-hmm. and this is what we were doing. We wanted kids and this was our route. Mm-hmm. And so, like I said, once it was done and I couldn't do anything else, that's when I let the emotions come back through. Yeah. If you had um, an opportunity to give advice for someone who might be going through this, mm-hmm. do you have anything that you want to kind of state right now? So my biggest thing is infertility typically can make or break a relationship. Um, and that was something that we sat down from the very beginning and said, like, we were here before a baby was here. Mm-hmm. And so we're going yes. to be here after that, whatever it ends up being. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's the most important thing is as a relationship, you have to be strong and steady through it mm-hmm. um, because if you waver at all, it's going to make the process even that much harder. Yeah. So you, know, you you guys come first. That's what I always tell people is the yeah. relationship's the most important. That's a, that's a very good piece of advice. I mean, most people won't, I, if you're going through this, I mean, there's a level to like financial, yeah. um, just overall, like I, I've heard a podcast where they went through more than 10 Mm -hmm. and i don't know how they did that yeah that was crazy it's expensive i mean it takes a toll financially and then on the relationship it's Mm -hmm. just emotionally physically i mean you as the person who has to like basically sit still Mm -hmm. and like wait for the 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 intro to take and and there's always that blame game that some couples play to like whoever it was and so that's where like with our journey too we've kind of just left it out of it like mm-hmm. whatever the diagnosis was it was but there's no blame game like yeah. it's just we're in this together and we're going to get through it together and so i think there's a lot of different aspects of your relationship mm-hmm. that get put to the test can i ask a medical question yeah. is there still a percentage of risk from after in, in vitro mm-hmm. which is something no one ever tells you and we keep i feel like uncovering yeah. different risks not to scare you any <laughs> any any particular way i just I mean, for someone yeah. who does who's uneducated yeah. about it because to me in my mind this is how it works mm-hmm. you the baby is put in yeah. and then it's good to go but is there risk where there's, you're at I mean, now obviously like there's the risk of it not taking and you know mm-hmm. ending in a miscarriage yeah. and so you have to watch all of that especially for the first trimester mm-hmm. and then even after that um you know i've been recently diagnosed as high risk for preeclampsia or high blood pressure got it that has to be a risk factor that's come from ivf yes. you know you can get it for all different reasons but that's my risk factor and then I just talked about this on social, but I had to retake my blood glucose test Mm -hmm. for gestational diabetes because I failed my first one. Wow. Well, when I got to looking into it more and more, it's another risk factor for IVF. It's just how the placenta develops when you go through that process. Yeah. So there are risk factors um, that go along with it, and I think it's just part of it. Like, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have changed anything knowing risk factors because we wanted this baby, so we would have gone through it anyway and just kind of dealt with it. Um, so there are different things that come up along the way. It's just kind of part of the process. Yeah. It's a beautiful mel- mel- ah, melody of like different things. Like I always say it's like if one thing pops up, you know, later mm-hmm. down, like another door will like, yeah. you know, essentially block that one. And there's all sorts of things when, you know, I just really am astonished that you guys have know when you walked in and you guys were just like smiling and having like you guys honestly have something very special that keeps your relationship attuned to one another and i I can appreciate that um let me ask you this though after 10 years of like 
childless. Yeah. <laughs> Are you ready for the, the daunting <laughs> task of loud noises, things being pooped on? <laughs> we joke about it all the time because our life has been, I mean, especially as entrepreneurs now, mm-hmm. we don't have any ties. I mean, we both work from our computer, so yeah. we can up and go and vacation and don't have to pack up another child. So it's been very free for the past 10 years, but there's something missing. And I feel like hmm. that's kind of when we really decided to go this route. I mean, the holidays aren't the same. Yeah. Um, you know, your purpose starts to change and you're like, do we want to really be 40, 50 years old and not have any children around to mm-hmm. show for? Um, so that's when we really decided that there was just something. We were, we're solid, but we were ready for that next yeah. step. Oh, man. You guys are going to be great parents, and this is going to be fun to kind of... I hope that you guys come back in because I would love to kind of meet the little one on top. Yeah, but on top of that, it also helps us kind of really kindle, like get to know you guys because it's a different transition. It's a different part of your life. It helps us understand like, hey, look, you can go from point A to point B and, you know, Mm -hmm. still live your life the way you want it. And so that's, that's always been kind of my saving grace when we have guests who come back mm-hmm. and like hey look i'm doing okay i'm okay <laughs> I'm, still <alive>. <laughs> I'm still alive doing the thing and so yeah it, it just it reminds me too it's like you know these you guys come in through my doors and I, you guys walk away mm-hmm. it's like sometimes i don't get to see you or get to yeah. hear from you and i just see social media but it's nice to know that like when you guys come back it's like look this is all that happened mm-hmm. throughout the year so i do really really hope you guys come back that yeah would be no, fun definitely for me. definitely um well, is there something that, like, you know, as you progressed along your journey, uh, insight into your health and your mm-hmm. business that you've picked up, especially along the IVF route? Um, I think almost just balance and kind of rolling with life. I mean, you can't control everything. Yeah. Like, and that's with business. You cannot control everything. Mm-hmm. And so being an entrepreneur has taught us a lot about that already. Yeah. And then the IVF and I'm sure being a mom. It's going to teach you a lot of things. Like I cannot control everything that happens. So I think it's just being able to realize it and, you know, move along, like pick up the pieces and keep on going. Yeah. Um, Everything's going to be okay. It's not, you know, a panic or emergency. Yeah. So one of the things that I read on your article that you got um, was posted up Mm -hmm. was that you were looking forward to, um, you know, kind of doing more speeches and more Mm -hmm. um, activities around the community. Have you been able to do so? And I know that you went to Powerhouse Women. I did. I did. Um, Yeah, I'm making different connections and I feel like the business is growing and evolving this year a lot, especially with the IVF and now being pregnant. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm able to connect with you know, different women in the community, moms and people who've gone through IVF. So I'm able to get out there more and start, you know, doing Mm -hmm. like education and just talking about my journey. Yeah. How was the powerhouse women for you? It was good. It was really good. Um, I'm friends with Lindsay, so, you know, she's amazing and I always (laughs) support her what she does, but it was my first year actually going to powerhouse women because I had been out of town the previous times, but it was really good. It was and uplifting and just really empowering yeah. weekend. So seeing that format, does mm-hmm. that make you more inclined to doing more of that sort of situation where it's like mm-hmm. the big crowds and doing a lecture? Or would you like to do more intimate classes? So I love the intimate classes. I think educating is a big part of me. And that's just, you know, the nursing background. Yeah. Um, but also getting up on a stage in a big setting like that, I mm-hmm. love too. But I don't have desire to put on huge big events. Like <laughs> yeah, that. no, no. Um, I do a smaller one with Carrie Northington here okay. called, you know, Stronger, but 
for me, I know how much work, time, and effort goes into that. Yes. That with the business, I'm so devoted to my clients that yeah. it would just pull me in a different direction. So I yeah. almost like going and speaking and being a part of the events. So let's get into a little bit of details on the business side. How many yeah. clientels do you juggle throughout the year? It varies. Um, so I always kind of time block my people. Okay. So awesome. I always do phone calls with the women or men that I work with because mm-hmm. I want to get to know them. They deserve to get to know me. Yep. And it just gives me a better understanding of how much support they need. So I only take on clients when I have the availability and it varies from month to month because I have some who just need more time and some who, you know, are pretty well versed in nutrition and fitness and yeah. they're kind of good to go. They they're kind of, they just need a, they need so, an extra eye yeah. just to help them. So it really does vary month to month. Okay. How about you, Ryan? What's your, what's your kind of favorite mode of like, do you want to do more classes? Or are you looking to do more like one-on-one sessions? Are you looking to do small classes? Oh, well, with the business, I'm kind of the behind-the-scenes guy. Okay, so business guy. Yeah, yeah. So I don't really do, uh, I don't really do any of the client stuff. Um, you know, I, I'll help her with some male yeah. workout type things when yeah. she has those types of clients. But for the most part, I'm just kind of behind the scenes running some of the business aspects. And, and really with her, I, I like, I like the balance. I'd like her to have a little bit more balance where she, maybe she takes, um, she, she continues to work with her clients because mm-hmm. I think she gets a lot of fulfillment from that. I see it from her. She, you know, it, there's something about helping, even if yeah. it's just one person. It's just like a one-on-one thing, yeah. gratitude for some of these people that when you really kind of change someone's life in a way, and I, I hate saying that because sometimes it feels like, you know, like... But I mean, in but, all but actuality, it's... it's you, do, it, you really have changed someone who's been dealing with, you know, whether they've tried tons of different bad diets and mm-hmm. fixes over the years, or she really struggled with weight for a long time. I mean, she's had clients, you know, a year plus where they've really made some crazy, you know, significant changes. So awesome. it's always really cool to see that. I yeah. think that was part of the big thing of getting her out of the clinic um, when she, as a nurse practitioner was being confined to these 15-minute blocks with yeah. patients that were more or less yeah. forced to come there, mm-hmm. um, whereas now she's with people who want to make the changes sure. um, and being able to invest more time and, and energy into mm-hmm. them and yeah. seeing the changes. So I think that's been something great for her, but I also think she has a lot of knowledge to, to provide people. Yeah. So I, I do like seeing her get to go. She's been, on, you know, she's had a, a monthly news segment now on Arizona Midday. Yay! Yeah. Congratulations! Yeah. I did yeah. not know that. That's <laughs> Thank awesome. You. Yeah. So Thank she's you. been doing that for almost a year now. Yeah. That's um, dope. That once a month, yeah. and then she's got some other opportunities for more speaking type events and things like that. So I, I like to see a little mix of that for her yeah. because I think she can provide that to people. Um, yeah. You know, and and. Get, be able to reach a little bit a bigger reach rather than just the one-on-ones because yeah. obviously that's very important but i think if she can get a, you know a, a larger reach for more people to kind of at least tap into what she's kind of putting out yeah there. Mm-hmm. keep up with that midday stuff because that yeah. that's a that's a huge market just right there midday yeah. like it's been good yeah i'm, uh, I'm their resident nutritionist so i go in there <laughs> and i talk about all like the fad diets yep. and so it's been good i enjoy doing that i uh i, I know I, this is through nicole right is that or mm-hmm. is that because um oh no that that i just ended up meeting you them. just you just yeah. met it oh, okay yeah i met the um the girl who does their wine demonstration like we, we did a podcast with her mm-hmm. she's a small yay yeah. and so she was very nice and like cordial to like come in and <laughs> talk about wines with us but it was like that got like meeting those people who like mm-hmm. are sh- are news are the people who are the professionals the pros mm-hmm. behind the newscasts it's just really fun because 
I get to see them repeatedly yeah, like exactly. on the TV. I'm like, oh, hey, look. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, overall, I think that there is something that you bring to the table that I think everyone just kind of gravitates to you. You're just so, so fun. Um, <laughs> the other thing, too, is like, you know, between the two of you, I think that there's something even more unique. That's whether that's, you know, the, the love that you guys have for each other or just... Just, you know, what you guys bring to the table. So if I could say anything, just keep that and, and just, you know, keep doing you. Thank you. Yeah, no, It's absolutely. been good. Even working together, surprisingly, has been good. Yeah. That Everyone was like... always asks us, like, how do you manage that? And it's, <laughs> yeah. we, ha- we know our roles. We have mm-hmm. our, you know. Your strengths, yep. your weaknesses. Yep. You kind of keep to those. And yeah. that's kind of, you know, we've had uh, some couples come in and, like, mm-hmm. d- demonstrate that. And I always find it very, very pleasing. And, you know, Brittany and I do the best we can. <laughs> there are a couple of like <laughs> tips of like you know this or that or i forget something and you know that's it's here and there but you know you work through them and exactly. overall it's like yeah we we love doing this yeah. that's we're both passionate that's about what's this. the important thing is we both love doing it like we thought about hiring someone to kind of do what ryan does but mm-hmm. no one's gonna love the business as much as we right. do yeah. and it allows us that opportunity to have the freedom and the you know yeah. kind of balance with life and work so Brittany uh, usually has a section on our podcast that is called Brittany's Big Question, but she is held up at the moment, so I will be <laughs> partaking in the big question today. So my big question for both of you is, um, what are you excited about most about parenthood? Oh my goodness. What's that first thing that you want? Hey! I am just most excited about just finding out the gender and just... I think that first moment of holding our baby. No. I think that right now and obviously like, you know, raising a child and yeah. everything. But initially it's what I'm most excited about is to meet this little peanut that's been growing inside no. of me for yeah. nine months. Yeah. With, and just to comment on that, her having to wait for the gender has been uh, torture because she is... <laughs> She's someone who gets to the mailbox and with opening mail when yeah. she gets back in the house. Like she Brittany's the same way. She I cannot. No, no <laughs> secret presents. No yeah. hidden Don't events. Like nothing. No surprises at all. Yeah. She needs. Yeah, so, so I, I, I I'm fully anticipating <laughs> yeah. her making that having that same answer. For me, um, gosh, I think it's really just watching this little human develop. Yeah. I see, I see friends. You know, we always have quite a few friends who are same age but they've been you know their, their journey started a lot younger and they had their their kids younger and seeing them just develop into their own personalities mm-hmm. and seeing kids in the neighborhood and you know seeing the people get to participate with their kids in sports and yeah it's a big part yeah. of my life so I, i'm just excited about that and really kind of you know getting the mold this human yeah. being a little yeah. bit it's just so it's scary it's but it's very scary cool. <laughs> but i think it's it's that's the exciting part about it is yeah. you, know, you have this opportunity to raise a person who you know you think other people want to, want to be around you know he raises mm-hmm. a good person so yeah that's what i'm excited about is just really all the <laughs> all the different stages of watching them develop a personality of their own yeah kind of you know yeah. to, it, it, that's that's the basic exciting thing for me yeah, yeah. matching gym clothes <laughs> <laughs> i'm not much of the uh the gym um stylist i kind of he's just, like just t-shirts and sweat yeah no i'm the same i'm the same way yeah. yeah i kind of just get in and get out me yeah. too there for the fashion show yeah me neither you know, so. 
<laughs> but I mean, I was like, honestly, I've seen some of the the female like Instagrams where like they share the same passion as their child, and like yeah. the, the yoga moms like that yeah. share the same yoga. Pa- like it's just really, I think it's cute. Yeah. It's like really adorable. The like one photo where like they're both doing the same, same thing. thing like, it's, yeah. it's cute. It's adorable. Um, thank you again, guys. You've thank been you. so great and gracious. Before we go, we usually kick it to you to tell everyone where they can find you online. Any upcoming events that you got going on? This is your chance to promote. Yeah, so you guys can find me on Instagram at macro underscore mini. And then you can also go to my website at www.themacromini.com. I am always on the other end of the computer. So if anyone has questions, it's me who's answering you back. So definitely don't ever hesitate. Awesome. Thank you guys again for listening to our episode here with Megan. But before we go, you can hear every episode of ours at FindingArizonaPodcast.com. We do have a uh, social media under Finding Arizona Podcast at Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Last but not least, we do have bonus content available for you guys where we ask 50 questions of every person who comes through our door. So Megan will be taking that challenge up next. So go over to Patreon.com slash Finding Arizona Podcast, and we will see you over there and catch you on the next one. Good night, y'all. Good night.